two quick housekeeping items, and then um, I'll, I'll go into the message. First one is, as of this past Monday, closed on our new piece of property. So it is ours. It is done. Um, and then uh, Thursday, had a meeting with the architect and the builder that started at 8.30 in the morning and went till 5 in the afternoon. And it was like, um, in order to hold the cost down, they ask you to kind of do a design uh, type thing and you're picking out, you know, colors and you're picking out materials and you're picking out finishes. And it is so much that by the end of it, you're just like, that'll work, that'll work. That'll, and you hope, you know, like, I hope that'll work. Um, and it is, um, it was remarkable. Yesterday afternoon before the start of the four o'clock service, uh, Rebecca Murley, our prayer pastor, brought some of the intercessors over to the new building, and um, we walked around it and put stakes northeast, southwest on that property and just proclaimed what God's going to do with that property. And then we went inside, and if you remember yesterday afternoon, you know, 3.30 or so, uh, those clouds were building all around us, super dark, right? So surrounding us was just this really, really dark outside. We go inside, flip the lights on. It's just, it's warm, and it's dry, and it's safe, and I know what it's going to look like when it's all said and done. And man, I'm just telling you that it might be a time where you look around the world and you think it's awful dark. I just want you to know God's standard is raising up high and mighty and moving powerfully. Church, I'm not saying something on just like a Jubilee thing. The Holy Spirit is moving today in powerful ways. And we stand in my mind, honestly, on the verge of a great move of God before it just is like, you know, this, I just can't believe what's happening. I, I think we need to say that about what God's going to do. I can't believe what's happening with what God's doing in our world today. And I think that's what stands in front of us. And um, I have them working. I know I've said for the past uh, several times, I have them working on a 3D. It's kind of a, a tour where you go through the building and uh, you're able to see what the rooms are going to look like in the outside. Um, it should be two weeks from now. And, um, I, you know, we've been, like, working on it, but I, it's, it's an expensive thing to do, and I didn't want to give them the go-ahead until we actually had the building purchased, right? It just wouldn't make sense to do that. So a couple of weeks from now is what they told us, and I'll be able to show you. It's, you're going to love it. It's just it's magnificent. It's really, really it's wonderful, and uh, just a great, great um, meeting and, and just where things are going. And, you know, when I mentioned things like went over there with a group of intercessors, I don't want you to think that's like, is that the dedication of the building? And now we're, no, we will do far more than that. I, I think for the grand opening, rather than just one weekend, we'll probably do four weekends to really appreciate it and bring in different people to help us celebrate that. And, um, you know, we just have some really, some, some good ideas about that. So uh, as we move into it now in a little bit, you know, now that we're on the track of the building part, I guess first it is, uh, it has to go through the city, right, to have the plan stamped. So that's the first thing you could be praying about that. Uh, it's Centennial is the city that we're in there. Uh, Lone Tree now, but we'll be in Centennial. So be praying for that. And uh, then the next thing will be the construction on the inside of the building that will need to uh, take place. So I will keep you updated and we'll do something over there once, once we really are like we begin the, the process of construction. Uh, I'd like to do an open house and just let you come and, and walk through it. But right now there's not much to see except a shell right, of, of just a building. And if you really want to see it, Pastor Todd's doing daily tours. Uh, <laughs> and he loves them real early, 6, 6.30 in the morning, things like that. Get a hold of him. He's, he's all for that. But we'll do something where we do an open house and uh, let you walk through there. And then I've got one more uh, housekeeping item. And I, I, I recognize, you know, if you're visiting or you're just like, hey, I didn't come for the commercials. I, I get that. But you realize there are just some things that they have to be done, and this is the way they have to do them. This one has to do with our Constitution and bylaws, and let me try to explain this to you real quickly. Uh, in 2019, we had our annual business meeting, and at the time, there were two proposed amendments. One of the amendments has to do with what I'm about to read you, but we ended up um, tabling the amendment and we, we just wanted to get a little more information. We were asked a question that I couldn't fully answer. We wanted to get a little more information, and we were going to do it in 2020. Does anybody remember what happened in 2020, right? <laughs> so we didn't end up doing an annual business meeting. We had no provision in our Constitution and bylaws 
uh, for a pandemic. Nothing was ever written in there. And so what we ended up doing was just tabling that. So we tabled the table, if that makes any sense. And then um, it was just an oversight. So much time went by and 2020 was just such a crazy year that we forgot to get this in there. And so when we had the annual business meeting in March and we were reading the minutes from 2019, Amy, my admin, caught a sentence and went and checked and then came and said, Dad, this, this isn't this hasn't been handled. What do you want to do? So now look, it's a minor thing. And the easy thing would be to say, don't listen. No one cares. But the truth of the matter is that's not how you have a constitution and bylaws for a reason. And you have to honor those things and they have to be done a particular way so that the two things that I need to honor on an amendment, it has to be read two weeks in a row before a specially called business meeting. So there's a specially called business meeting next Sunday, a week from today, four o'clock here in the sanctuary. Uh, if you're a member, um, you vote on it. If you're not a member, you're welcome to come to the meeting, but you can't vote. Um, and if you're just like, man, pastor, I haven't been sleeping well, what would you recommend? Come to this meeting and um, <laughs> we'll help you out. So let me read this to you and you, you'll get, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a wording issue, but it has to be done the, the right way. So uh, the proposal is, shall we amend the Jubilee Constitution and bylaws? It's a Latin phrase, nung pro tunc, nung pro tunc, to January 1st, 2021. Proposed amendment, JFC Constitution and bylaws, Article 9, Section 2, currently reads, any real property shall not be purchased, sold, or otherwise alienated by the body without authorization of at least two-thirds majority vote of the active voting membership present at any regular or specially called business meeting. The proposal is, any real property shall not be purchased, sold, or otherwise alienated by the body without authorization of the majority of the board of Jubilee Fellowship. This is available out there uh, in the foyer if you'd like to pick one up and uh, take a look at it. And uh, even though it is all the way back from 2019, it has to be in there the right way and handled the right way. So um, that's what this is about. And I realize some of you are just like, Pastor, I, I just, it doesn't matter. It, it does matter because it protects the body and it protects how we do business and how things are taken care of. So um, if you have any questions about that, again, in the foyer, you can pick up the amendment and please, you're free to ask any question that you would like. And the meeting will be next Sunday, 4 p.m. Okay, enough of those things. Uh, so here's what we're gonna do. Combine two things this weekend uh, into one. So it's Mother's Day and Happy Mother's Day. I know it's been said a couple of different times right now, but it is special. And man, we love moms. We, we respect uh, that you might be here today and not be a mom. Can I just say this? That can, it, it's a special weekend. And if you're not a mom, you have a mom. You had a mom. Four of us had a mom in this room. The rest may not be sure. So we're going to take a weekend to admire that and to talk about that and to instruct in that. And then at the same time, we're also going to wrap up our series on what God can't do. So we're going to combine the two things together, uh, Mother's Day and what God can't do to be the final message. And let me just hit that. If you're visiting and you're like, what God can't do, what, what, kind, what are you teaching, pastor? What, what do you guys believe? So let me just say real quick, it's a play on words. First of all, we believe that God is all powerful, that God is all knowing, that God is present everywhere at one time. Uh, we believe that he's God, eternally existing and the same yesterday, today, and forever. We think that we're orthodox on that and that there's no question. But it's a play on words because God himself uh, has said that there are certain things that he can't do, like he cannot lie and he cannot change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God cannot remember sin that you have confessed and asked him to forgive. So it's a play on words. It's not a disrespect towards God or the things of God. It's a play on words. And we just enjoyed looking at some of those things. So today, taking that sentence, what God can't do, combining it with Mother's Day, here is the message today. What God can't do, God can't do without moms. And I'm gonna prove it to you from scripture. And you might think, 
Well, you're stretching on that one. You, I know what I'm doing, so hang on before you go down that way. Now, so let me, let me do this, and let's have a little bit of fun real quickly. Um, I, I love to teach. It is like I, it doesn't matter where I'm at, if I'm even tired, once I get up here and get going, I love to teach, but I'm not always the best when it comes to doing the holidays. So like, in fact, Mother's Day, probably 15 years ago, we were in a series about Israel, and Mother's Day came up, and I didn't want to alter my, my Israel message, so I titled the message Israel, the mother of us all. And um, yeah, you can imagine how that Mother's Day went. It's like, Rrr. and Chris said, you're not doing Mother's Day anymore, and I wasn't allowed to do it for several years. And so um, when, when we were putting together uh, the, the message this week, Chris had looked for that funny video, her and the creative team, and they found that funny video. And so I was just thinking, if I were the one picking the video, what would I have picked? And I like Seinfeld. Anybody else in here is Seinfeld? Okay. So this is just a short clip. But uh, you ever heard the statement, a face only a mother could love? Okay. So here's Pastor John's sense of humor. Watch my clip for Mother's Day. So very gorgeous. Michael, shut the door. You're letting bugs in. <laughs> Is it me or was that the ugliest baby you have ever seen? Oh, I couldn't look. It was like a Pekingese. Boy, a little too much chlorine in that gene pool. <laughs> Mother's Day. (laughs) The message gets much better, trust me. (laughs) All right. Um, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38, tells the story of Mary. And here is my my thesis real quick, that God uh, came up with the ultimate plan of redemption that was to send Jesus to take our place. And if I were to nutshell it real quickly, he got what we deserve so that we could have what he deserved. That's probably just the easiest sentence. And of course, it's a tremendous understatement, but it also is, it's, it's clerically true. That's exactly what happened. He took our place and we got his place. But if you look at God's plan and you were to just begin to like take it apart and ask yourself this question, he is God, he is all powerful, all knowing, everywhere at once. But God's plan could not be executed without the agreement of a mom in the situation. So when I make the statement that God can't do without moms, I can prove it right here. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Let me just stop there. I think what adds credibility to this text and to the Bible throughout, but I think what adds just tremendous credibility to this is that if someone is writing this and it wasn't true, they would have written it as though the angel said, greeting you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And if this is not a true story, then they would have made the person, oh, that's awesome. Wow, this is incredible. But I think her response to, first of all, seeing an angel, and not just an angel, but an archangel who stands in the very presence of God and exists to be dispatched at God's pleasure to bring messages to the people of earth, an archangel, then says, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. The real response to that is that she is troubled by what is happening in her life, yes or no. And if someone's writing this to fool you, writing it like it didn't take place, they would have written it like, yay, this is awesome. This is not a person who sees this. Yeah, it's awesome, but awesome in the sense of fearful. Did you see that? Just think about that for a moment. So the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. 
the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Legitimate question. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Legitimate question, huh? (laughs) The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Don't go to the next slide yet. Let me just talk about this for a second. So Mary asked the question when the angel tells her what's about to happen. Mary says, how can this be possible? And then she gives like the lowest common denominator, I'm a virgin. But really she's asking, how in the world? It's like, this doesn't happen on a regular ongoing occasion. This is a one and done type of a situation. And so this woman is asking the question, how can this be possible? And almost what you can see in this is that Gabriel is sort of like confused by the answer. Like, what do you mean how can this be possible? Because any word that comes from God comes with the power to make it a reality. That's how it be possible. And in fact, if you um, back up to that story where it talks about Elizabeth, her cousin, who was older and beyond childbearing years, Gabriel also was dispatched to bring that same message. But Elizabeth's husband doubted it. And the angel Gabriel was so incensed at his doubt and unbelief that he said, you are going to be mute for the next six months while this situation happens in order to prove to you That everything God says comes with the power to make it a reality. The only reason I even take time to teach that right now. What you're about to hear, I want your faith to be raised up, man. Because when I'm about to tell you that God can make a way, your answer to me might be, how is that possible? And it's not possible because I say so. It's possible because every word that comes from God comes with the ability to make it a reality. God is powerful and God is able. God is God. You can go to the next one. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. She gave the right answer, not the doubting answer. If you're taking the online notes and you want to fill in the blank, here they are. You are highly favored. Let me read verse 28 to you one more time. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now, I recognize that we're talking about an individual named Mary. And uh, if you were raised in the Catholic Church like I was, then Mary is exalted almost to a deification to be something more than she is. But the truth of the matter is, Mary is every bit human like you and I. She is not someone you pray to. She is not someone that is uh, at the level of Jesus. Or she, she is wonderful and she is special and she obviously is favored and chosen by God. She found grace with God, like Noah found grace with God. But she is not God. And so my point just simply is here, this is just a normal human being, just like you or I, who found favor with God. And God came and said, you who are highly favored. And so what we do a lot of times is we think no one else could be like this person. And I say, God doesn't have favorites. Everyone else in this room is highly favored. But specifically, if you're a mom, you are highly favored. Now, just real quickly, I know my audience, and I know that many of you in this room, uh, you're not a mom, and you chose not to be a mom. And then I know some of you in this room want to be a mom desperately, but it's never happened for you. So a message like this can, it can, it can dredge up things, and it can suddenly bring things to light that you're just like, I'm just not sure if I want to go there. And then I know some of you have had tragedies, too, where you've carried and miscarried. And you're at the point of like, I I just don't know if I can go there today. All those things are legitimate and all those things are not something Pastor John wants to poke at. It's just that I also want to honor the fact that today we do recognize moms. And there are moms in this room and it's worthy of us praising and talking about for a service. So it's not to take away something from somebody, but it is to recognize. And if you are a mom, you are highly favored. It is a special thing to be a mom. Yeah, like, when a man claps, it's not quite as legitimate as, as when a mom claps. So I don't know if it's brain damage this morning, like, but it's a special thing to be a mom. It really is. I heard it said one time that 
In reality, when you decide to have a baby, here's what you're choosing. You're choosing for your heart to live outside of your body for the rest of your life. Is there no truer statement than that? If you're a father, it's true, but Father's Day is a few weeks from now. So moms. <laughs> I know that when Chris and I face spiritual warfare, and for sure, just like everybody in this room, we face it sometimes in different ways. Spiritual warfare comes in all different varieties, sizes, packages, shapes, ways that are seen and unseen. But I know this, and see if you can relate to this, probably the most successful spiritual warfare that the enemy can come against us with is when he attacks our children. Like we can take it with each other. We can, we can fight it better. Maybe that's better. We can fight it better. What happens to our children, it's like it instantly goes to our heart. And so, man, our prayer, we're always doubling up on that, and we're always praying over that. I just think it's one of those things that you know this is true, that once you have a child for the rest of your life, your heart lives outside of your body. And so no matter where that child goes and no matter what that child goes through, it's as though it's happening to you. Yes or no? You feel it. It impacts you. And not that you don't hurt for a mom or a dad or another relative or a friend, but when it's your child, if you have a child, you are highly favored. Had this really neat thing happen this week that when I was writing the message and putting it all together, there were three uh, situations. Now, it's happened far more than that, but three situations of women in our church who God used me to pray at the right. When I originally wrote the message, I said I have an anointing for this. But the truth of the matter is I have an anointing for nothing. All I have is what God's given me, right? So I've prayed for three women, more, but three, this I'm going to talk about real quick, that I know we're trying to conceive, and God answered that prayer. So let me tell you the first one real quick. Downstairs in our children's church is Anna, and she and her husband are two of our children's pastors. And Anna came to us from Jake and Kim. Jake and Kim had planted a church called Storyline in the north part of Denver. And when they ended up joining our staff here, uh, Anna and her husband Jordan came and joined us on staff here. And um, dude, I am, I'm into kids, man. I had five of my own. And then now I've got grandchildren coming out of every (laughs) cracking crevice everywhere. And it's the most awesome thing. And then at the office, like when we went through COVID, so many, like, you know, our staff, I've got some younger moms on staff and they lost opportunities for like childcare and work. And so I didn't want to deprive them of being able, like, you know, it, it put pressure on families. What do you do? So we took one of the offices that we had. I combined a couple of people together, took one of the offices and turned it into a nursery and welcomed little kids to come and be at our office. And is it noisy? Yes, it's noisy. But I'm on the other side of the building, so it's all good, man. It's all... So all these little kids are running around and I looked one day and I saw Anna right in the middle of all of it and no words were spoken. It wasn't a sad face, no tears, nothing like that. I could just tell that there was a longing there. And so I walked up and just put my foot in it. Hey, how come you guys don't have kids? That's a loaded question. It's a loaded question. Um, And I had calculated enough that she works for me. She can't go too ballistic on me. So how come you don't? She goes, Pastor, um, tell you something about us. We've tried for a long time and we've had a miscarriage. And she said, the pain from that is just so much that we kind of put it on the shelf. And we don't know where to go with it and what to do. The longing of our heart is that this would take place. But she said, it just hurts so bad. I get that. And I guess in a way, so honestly, Alex, I knew what I was asking when I asked the question. And so I just said to her, uh, if you could, would you? And she said, yeah, we would. And I said, this is going to sound a little bit funny, but God used me to pray and I've seen this happen. Now there's only been one immaculate conception. So you can't stand here and just receive prayer, go home and practice, right? You need to (laughs) believe in that part, but let's pray. And I remember standing right in our foyer went and got oil, anointed her, and just prayed, God, the Bible says you open the womb. Would you open her womb and would you bless her with a child? (laughs) Ten months later, a little baby girl. So that it was just born right before Mother's Day in 2020, but what happened in 2020? And she couldn't bring the baby to church because of COVID. She was just like, so she's like, oh, I've waited so long to have this and I wanted to bring my baby on Mother's Day and I wanted people to go, you're finally a mom. And I couldn't do it. So this year, 
I walked down yesterday. She's dressed up and the baby's dressed up and I, no words are spoken, but I know exactly what's going on. I'm a mom. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Ask her if you're highly favored. Ask her. Here's another good one that happened this week. I got a graduation invitation. And I looked at the picture on the graduation and there's a story that goes behind it that's really, really cool. For years, I was a youth pastor up in Northern Colorado. And I worked with a family um, and just watched this family raise their children. They just really loved the Lord. But, um, you know, as life can go sometime, uh, we had moved on and we had started Jubilee. And that this girl from this family that I knew was, was pregnant and not married. And thought, I, I, I'm going to abort the baby. And I got called in because I had a relationship. And I had a chance to just talk. And she, I just said, listen, I just want you to know that if you decide to keep this baby, you don't know how many families have been praying for an opportunity to be parents, for a mom to be a mom. And if you will keep this baby, I promise you, there's a mom out there that will love this baby. And I know you're going to bear reproach. And I even told her Mary was willing to bear reproach. And again, I know I'm speaking to a lot of situations when I say these things, but I spoke to it. And she decided to keep the baby and she had the baby. And lo and behold, a family in our church who was looking to adopt and I had a chance to connect to things and they adopted and raised this little girl in our church. It was like one of those full circle things for me that I got to, and I don't know, you know, the background of that whole story. I know things that not everybody, even both families know in that deal. And then I get the invitation for high school graduation. And I looked at it and I just said, Jesus, thank you so much. Because here's a little girl, right? That's here today because of your goodness, God, your goodness. And I'm writing the message and the Lord's bringing it to my mind. And then I open the mail and here's this picture of this. And then the last one, both of my daughters miscarried multiple times. Oh, the pain in that. I don't want to take Mother's Day and like dwell in that place. I just know that we walk through that as a family. And of course, it doesn't come anywhere close to what a mom goes through. But we walk through that as a family. And just looking at my daughters and not being able to... I remember when it happened to Ames the first time. And she got the news. And she just ran out of the house. Just broken hearted. I'll just say this real quickly. I bet everyone who's had kids can agree. It's much harder to parent adult children than it is to parent little children. So little kids, you can grab them. And you can pick them up. And you can hold them. And you can try to change a situation. But when they're adults, all you can do so many times is just stand there. And just hurt. You know, maybe you haven't experienced that, but I bet your mother's experienced that with you. And loves you and just hurts standing by your side. Usually I talk about my daughters, my sons. It's uh, built-in illustrations when you're a pastor. But I seldom ever talk about my daughter-in-law. Holly is very shy. And she's my daughter-in-law, not my daughter. And I'm very protective of that relationship. Rightfully so. Two weeks ago, um, Daniel, Pastor Daniel, got strep throat. And I watched Holly, who's a busy mom with three little ones, all of a sudden taking care of four little ones. (laughs) And then Daniel passed it on to Malachi, who passes it on to Lucy, who passes it on to Della, and they've all got it. And then Daniel was invited. Pastor Terry does uh, a golf discipleship thing once a year or this real heavy-duty discipleship. And then the payoff is that they go away and they, they play golf together, kind of the reward for the whole thing. And it's a real, it's a neat unity thing that they do. And Daniel was invited to speak at it, 
but he's coming through that thing. He gets better. Now the kids have it. And so he's like, Holly, um, I'm supposed to speak at it, but I know what I'm leaving you with. And, you know, I'll, I'll stay home, but I know he's got his fingers crossed behind his back, right? <laughs> Any wife in here know that? <laughs> so, and she goes, and I, she goes, I got this. You go. It's okay. And I looked at my daughter-in-law, man, and she was disheveled on that day and taking care of three little ones. And I, I just, I knew... And I, so I knew I'm writing this message. If you're a mom, you're highly favored. And I wonder if Holly thought to herself, if this is what it means to be highly favored, how do I become unhighly favored? <laughs> how do I get out of this? And we never recognize that part of motherhood and what it means. But I know it's not just my daughter-in-law. It's every mom in this room who makes those sacrifices and who goes through it. And I say the words, you're highly favored. And right now you've got laundry that's a pile high. Or you've got a kid who's not serving Jesus and you don't know what's going to happen to him. And you're in that place. I just want to say to you, you are highly favored. God's favor is upon you. God's hand is upon you. God's spirit is close to you. God has chosen you and lifted you up. And it's not about how you feel as to whether or not you're favored. It's just the truth of the matter. In the newspaper this week, uh, I read that in 2020, the birth rate for the U.S. dropped 4%. It's the largest single year decrease in 42 years. And right now, the U.S. is at a 0% increase. 0%. So extrapolate that. In 20 years, if that doesn't change, what will the U.S. look like? It does not bode well for us. There's a lot of reasons people are choosing not to have children right now. And so Pastor John's going to put his foot right in the middle of it. And if you're here, you've been asking, God, should we or shouldn't we? Here's the Lord. Have children. And here's why. Because I stood in a brand new building that we're all going to be meeting in in a few months. And I stood right where the children's department's going to be. And I cried out to God in front of all of our intercessors that there are children yet to be born that will be in this building who we will turn the future over to. And they will carry the flag of Christianity and the relationship with Jesus forward. And if you're living your life fearful and you're living your life afraid of what's going to happen and you're living your life like I just I, can I bring a baby into this with God's help you can do anything God needs you needs you and I'll be honest with you Chris and I have done our part my friend we've done our part people will go pastor you must really be into kids no I'm into the kids mom that's what I am all about would encourage you that it's one of the highest honors is to raise a child. And again, my audience is a smaller minority this week, but give me the leeway to recognize something that most of the other time we don't have a chance to speak to, do we? Here's the second one. How will this be? Look at verse 34 real quick. So when the angel says to her, you're highly favored, God has chosen you, you're going to bear the Messiah. How can this be? Mary said, since I am a virgin. So let me just answer that. How will this be? I think that um, it's really important that if you're a mom, and regardless of the age of a mom that you are, whether you uh, are a mom-to-be, <laughs> a mom that's right in the middle of little ones, a mom with adolescence, uh, maybe you're in the position that we are where your children are grown and they've begun to have children. Maybe you're even farther. Your children's children are now having children. Don't know where you are in the spectrum, but let me just say this to you real quickly. Regardless of where you are in life and in the spectrum of raising children, if you are a mom, moms always have questions in their heart about their kids. So I've got three fill-in-the-blanks here. Here's the first one. Here's what a mom asks about their children. Will they be okay? And here's the second fill-in-the-blank. Will they be okay? And tell me what the third fill-in-the-blank is. Doesn't matter how old they are, a mom's heart is always asking that question. Will they be okay? And then when they're little and they're not gaining weight and they're not eating right and they're not growing right, you're just sure you got the one. And then when they're in adolescence and they're going every different way and you're trying to discipline, you feel like they'll be the one that when they grow up, they'll write a book about me and expose everything. And, that's, and then when they're older and they're adults and they're not serving Jesus and they're walking a complete different way. And then you wonder, how will it be for eternity? And God knows the answers to every one of those questions. Look at me real quickly. 
It doesn't matter if pastor knows. It doesn't matter if your spouse knows or your friends know. God knows the questions in a mother's heart. And God is close to those questions and close to those hearts. When I was writing this message, I began to think of all I put my mom through when I was a teenager. So I took my mom to lunch. We met at No-No's. My mom, born and raised in New Orleans. And I just sat with her and my mom has this desire, this deep, deep desire right now to take me back to where she grew up and to show me the school and the houses and the places. And I, I, I don't know why fully, but it's like this uh, desires understating. It's just this deep thing that's inside of her. And so last year, my brothers and I got together and said, hey, let's, let's take her. Let's just take a week. And probably like you, we're at that place in life where, man, I've got my own family. Like taking a week off and not doing something with my family, that's a, that's a sacrifice. I said, my brother, let's do this. Let's go to New Orleans. And then 2020 happened. And so the tickets, we were going to go. The flights even got canceled. So it goes into a, like a travel bank. And you have just so much time to be able to use those tickets before the airline just absorbs them into its budget. And so we're having lunch. And prior to that lunch, the guy that owns the construction company that's going to build our building when we were making introductions, I don't know how we got on this subject, but he just told me, he said, I just took a trip with my dad in late 2019. He said, my dad wanted to show me where he grew up. And he said, man, I am so busy with everything going on in my life that it was such a sacrifice. He said, but I did it. And I took my dad. He said, we actually did a road trip and we went and we saw those places that were so special to him that he wanted me to know about. And he said, and then unexpectedly, just a couple of months later, my dad died. And so we're making introductions and talking about the building, but suddenly the Holy Spirit is sitting across the table from me, speaking to my heart. And this is what that man said. His name is John also. He said, I am so glad that I took the time to make that trip with my dad. He said, I've got those memories now, and I'm so glad. And I'm sitting there, and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, McFly, what are you going to do with this? So I called my brother and I just said, look, we have to do this. And if you can't, I understand, but I have to. And so I took her to lunch to tell her this June, just, just a quick time. We're going to go make that trip and do that thing. So look, no, 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 stop. You misunderstand what I'm trying to say. While you can still say thank you, while you can still touch them, while you can still kiss them, while you can still look them in the eye, look at me, do it. When you're a young man, you think we got all the time in the world, but suddenly, can you relate? Time goes much faster than you think it does. Like you turn around, man, and everybody's young, and then you turn around the next time, and you're. And it used to be that you were three or four back from the front line, but now all of a sudden, the only thing between you and the front line is your parent. And you will take their place, my friend. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? You will take their place. And what you do, you do while you can do. And if I could speak to anybody in this room right now, make the telephone call. Write the letter. Because I wonder how many people in this room would trade places with me to be able to take a trip next month with your parent if you could. And it's too late and you can't do it. And you wish to God that you could do it. And I know there's always, there's always stuff and there's always reason. And there's a list this long that you think someday we'll take care of all these things. Knock it off. Knock it off. Get mad at me? Go ahead. But knock it off. Pay attention to the things that matter. And of course, I cannot speak. Yes, maybe you're sitting there thinking, Pastor, you don't know what my dad did. You don't know what my mom. I, okay, okay, you're right. I don't know. And so maybe you have one of those situations, but the broad majority of us don't have those situations. We just have busy schedules or a list of offenses that really, they, you're going to bury those offenses one day. Yeah. Um, what time is it? Ah. 
Can I talk real quickly about the difference between a mom's heart and a dad's heart? I think that moms and dads both have hearts for their children. Crazy, good, do anything for your kid's heart. But they're different. Dads sacrifice a particular way and moms sacrifice a particular way. Um, It's like when, when we pray for our kids, like, you know, I'm like, Father, God of the heavens, rend the heavens and come down and touch my children's lives. And Chris is like, oh, Jesus, they're going the wrong way. Please, God. Like she prays with fervency, right? And the book of James says, the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous person avails much. What is it about a mom's prayers that are just so powerful? Mary had this with Jesus. Look at this scripture. This is just one chapter later. Gabriel gave this to Mary as a prophecy, speaking about the work of Jesus on the earth. And and this is how he sums it up. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then this sentence, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And he was speaking of Mary at the foot of the cross, watching Jesus be crucified. Now, a lot of scholars think it was because Joseph was dead and that's why he's not mentioned, but that is not clear in the Bible. And the only thing I would point out between those two things is that it clearly is true that Mary was the one who was standing there and her heart was being pierced. And I think a dad and a mom both have hearts for kids and Father's Day's coming, dad, so hold on. But there's something about a mom's heart for a kid that can be pierced so easy, yes or no? And man, God uses that and moves on that. Let me give you the third one. Mary's answer to this whole thing. She said, I am the Lord's servant, verse 38. Look at it real quick. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, Gabriel. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Here's all I would say about that real quickly. All of us, not just moms, all of us. But I want to point out moms real quick. All of us need to recognize that we are the Lord's servant and that everything that we have belongs to the Lord, including your kids. They're not really your kids. They belong to God. You're taking care of them for a little while. You're a caretaker in effect. But eventually, everything that you have is going to be given back to the Lord. And what you did with it, man, that's what God is looking at. Is that okay for me to say? What you did with what is in your hand is what God's going to look at and reward you with. And your children, they, they belong to Him. Seeing what you do every day is to see it as unto the Lord. Now, let me just give you the concluding part of this message, and it's going to change real quickly, and then I will pray for you and let you get on with Mother's Day. Chris and I took a vacation over the last couple of weeks and Pastor Terry and Pastor Jake taught and they did awesome jobs and allows us to have a break. But from December 26th of 2020 till just two weeks ago was probably one of the more busy times we've ever spent in ministry. We started on December 26th, a building program. And in three and a half months, we did what should have taken three and a half years. And you were exceptionally generous. And we raised a considerable amount of money. We sold both pieces of our property. And then we were looking at two different pieces. And we finally landed on the one. And it was just so busy raising all of that money and all of the meetings. And it was, it was like, and on top of that, I've got all my regular duties. And I'm not crying or complaining. I'm just trying to say we were just like too, like to the edge. And I just told Chris, as soon as I signed the document that we bought that, we're going to go on a vacation. We'll take a little time and we'll get away again. So we just got away and we, we just had that time. We were together and we were talking. And it, it's a time, we usually take some time and just review, hey, what's God doing? Where's he at? What does he want from us? And the Lord impressed us. This is a word that the Lord gave me that I want to share with you real quickly. You know, when you have success in life, you tend to think, not out loud. Maybe you say it to your spouse. Maybe you just think in your head, man, we have the right message. Man, we're doing the right thing. Man, we're working really hard. Man, it's, it's just really going well. And then I want to tell you the truth about everything that you have. All blessing in your life comes from one place and one place only. It's because God gave you that blessing. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You don't, you're not the master of business. You're, you're not the, the, the sultan of whatever you think. You know what you are? You're in the right place at the right time with the right God who loves you, man. That's what you are. And so I'm sitting and we're just talking about how God has blessed us. And this is what the Lord reminded us of. Every time in your life, I've made a way for you. Where there seemed to be no way, 
I made a way for you. And so we're going to change the name of the ministry for the training center. We're going to call it Make Away Ministries. Because everybody who comes there is because God's going to make a way. And everybody who goes out to do something in the kingdom is because God makes a way. And everything we do is because God makes a way where there seems to be no way. And put your pride down for just a minute. I don't care if you've made millions. It's because God made a way for you to make the millions. And if you have a good marriage, it's because God made a way for that to take place for you. Yes or no? Humble yourself and see, man, God made a way for you. So listen to me real quickly. The whole thing draws into this right now. That maybe you're sitting out there and you hear this message and you think to yourself, pastor, it's real easy for you to say that. Everything's going the right way. But I've been here for 23 years and you see me when things aren't going the right way too. But we're not talking about me right now. You think to yourself, if you knew my situation, you would know it's just simply impossible. The marriage is in this place, or my kids are in this place, or my finances are here, or my health is here. Or some situation has happened, Pastor, and it's just, it's, it's impossible for this to happen. Look at me. In the natural, it is absolutely impossible. But we don't serve a God who is of the natural. We serve a God who is of the supernatural. And the same message that angel Gabriel gave to Mary, how can this be possible? Because every word that comes from God has the ability to make it possible. What's impossible with man is completely possible with God. And I don't know what you're facing. And I don't know, maybe my heart goes to like a child situation where you just feel like, pastor, you just don't know what's going on. And I'm here to tell you, God can make a way. What do you believe to be true? Where is your faith at? And what do you think is going on? And we get to that place where we begin to just tolerate things in life and we put up with things, things that we shouldn't, things that we should be fighting back against and taking a stand and saying, God, intercede. And we just get tired and we get beaten down. And like a mom, that, that mom who just miscarried and just, I don't even want to dare to hope again because to have it happen again is so soul crushing. It's just so heart rendering. I can't even go there anymore. And I say to you, what's impossible with man is completely possible with God. And I remember, look real quickly. Here's what triggered the whole thing. We went to Hawaii. And the last time I was there was right after the heart attack. And we sat outside with each other and asked the question, should, should we, can we keep going? Is the price just too high? It just doesn't seem like there's a way forward. And the Lord said to us, John, I will make a way where there seems to be no way. And I came back and everything changed in our church from that point on. So again, God, where do we go and what do we do right now? And I know the plan that we have for the future is humongous, man. In fact, when I was meeting with the architect and the builder, they're laying out everything in front of me and they show me this is how much you have and this is what you want. So there's this gap here and I'm not asking you for anything. Don't worry. Okay. I'm not asking yet. Um, yeah. Let me, let me be clear. So they throw this thing to me and they're like, we want you to shrink this. We want you to change this. And I promised the Lord, if I ever got to do it again, I would not give up on the dream that God put in my heart. So I looked at them and I just said, listen, I realize there's a reality here. I, I realize that. And I just stood up and I said, I just want you to know in just a few months, all of you are coming to our grand opening in this building right here. And it's because God is going to make a way forward for us to do this. Now the architect rolls his eyes like this, of course. And the builders are all like, hey, we appreciate your faith, preacher. I, shut up. You know, I don't need you to patronize me. You, I'm only saying this right now so that God's going to get the glory out of this thing. I just simply said, I'm not, I don't know how to do this and I'm not smart enough to do this, but God is going to make a way for us to do this. Where's your faith at? Where's your faith at? When's the last time you put it out there and had to say, God's got to make a way? Because we get to the place where we just, we're going through the motions, man. You're going to heaven, your passport's stamped, but you're, you're not living by faith. You are not living by faith. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> what are you facing right now that God has to make a way for? What's in front of you 
that you're fearful of or that you've just said no to. I, I know what time it is, folks. I see you looking. I, I know. But I didn't come here to accommodate the next service. I came here to talk to you right now. Okay? What takes place right now is the payoff for everything. Where's your faith at? What does God need to do with you? And I don't know the answer to that question. I can only tell you what's going on in my heart. But man, I believe in a God who makes a way when there seems to be no way. And when you don't live with that kind of faith, Christianity, is, it's just religion. I'm sorry, it's just religion. Where's your faith? Where's your trust? When's the last time you put it out there and said, God, I'm going to risk it to believe that you make a way. That you make a way. Father, I commit this, this moment into your hands fully. Lord, in the natural, of course, I know what I would like to see happen. I'd love to see people just go, Pastor, I get it. And I don't know what the situation is with your children or in your work situation or your lack of work. Maybe it has to do with identity. Maybe failure or betrayal. Maybe it's dreams. Maybe like me, you have a huge dream for the future and there's just no way in the natural for it to even... You can't do anything about it except go, God. You've got to make a way. Maybe it is with a parent. Maybe you don't know how to go forward and God's got to make a way. Maybe it's with a child and you don't know how to go forward and God's got to make a way. And I can't stand up here and try to think of all the instances but you know you know and so I just ask you right now where's your faith and what do you believe and if you're here this morning as a follower of Christ then I challenge you not to let that be some static historically true issue is it alive breathing active today where you're saying God You've got to make a way and I'm right there, Lord, believing and asking and standing. And I just encourage you with that. Maybe it is on the idea of loss. Maybe it's practical and I'm speaking to parents today and a mom in particular who just is like, ah, anything but this message. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. And so I just pronounce that over your lives. That our God is good. That our God is faithful. That our God is able. That what's impossible with man is possible with God. And that you don't need to leave here defeated, beaten, bored, the same. But you can leave here activated knowing that God loves you, has called you is working all things together for good to them that know and love him and are called according to his purpose. God is on your side. I just pray in Jesus' name that you would see the goodness of God. I pray that your faith would come alive. I pray that your heart would be healed. I pray that you would experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. amen. And amen.